Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Not a single senator was paying attention to be like, I think your logic's a little off here. You're the cop. Right. Yeah. Beat This should not be that complicated, but the NCAA can take two plus two and turn it into a three-year Goodwill hunting equation. And that's basically what this has become. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. I think we should start a t-shirt line, by the way, with some of our some of our aphorisms here. And I think I like Pete's line there. If you suck, you suck. <laughs> Yahoo Sports College Podcast. <laughs> Here's Pat. Pete and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. Mr. Emmert goes to Washington edition. <laughs> On Wednesday, according to Ralph Russo, our buddy at the AP, less than a month before name, image, and likeness laws go in effect in several states, NCAA President Mark Emmert was back in Washington renewing his plea for help from Congress. This was a, a extremely boring, and I don't even know what the point of this was, other than. This is what they do. Everybody they brought forth to speak, which included Rod Gilmore, Can the lawyer, Mark Few, Gonzaga coach. Yeah, all believe that they have uh, they should have name. Athletes should have name, image and likeness rules, which caused Senator Ben Ray Lujan. I'm going to kill all of the names of the senators. <laughs> if you I can't pronounce college football coach names. You guys, I don't. <laughs> I don't care about any of you people. <laughs> so Ben Ray, sorry. Uh, he asked, though, quite pertinently, why is this taking so long then? <laughs> what you a all question. agree. Yes. Why do everybody agree? On, like, imagine how many committees these guys got to sit through. <laughs> and there's like, there's this side of the argument. There's this side. These, they all come with, uh, we all agree this should be done. Um, then why didn't you do it? Because they didn't. Uh, Emmert punted and said, blame the presidents. Uh, the meeting quickly fell, sort of fell apart. This is the problem. Emmert said that, you know, with these new laws, college sports will not look anything like it uh, resembled before. And I really believe, going back to our last pod, that this is the uh, this is the Gene Cady principle at, at effect. <laughs> if you wear the wig for too long and you spend 600 a week getting the, the wig properly combed over and you tell everyone the wig is great, and then at some point you have to admit it was all a lie. <laughs> and then you rip the wig off. It will not resemble what it used to because you're supposed to age. You're supposed to develop slowly. You're supposed to transition. But they didn't. They went with the comb over. <laughs> <sighs> the NCAA combing over for a century. <laughs> so this is where we're at. So now all of a sudden, holy crap. But their real problem is they got to go in front of Congress. So this thing quickly descends like Ted Cruz is asking about transgender athletes, of course. Why? Because he's a politician. <laughs> he doesn't give a crap about anything except wedge issues. That's not the point of this. Uh, Corey that was Booker Pete grandstanding saying, by Ted Cruz. By yeah, the way. Of course he got a grandstand. <laughs> he just hey. strolled in. Fed his base and left. <laughs> well, that's it. He Don't did care. the impossible. He made you for at least a couple of minutes feel sorry for Mark Emmert. <laughs> Not the point of the hearing. It doesn't matter. This is what happens when you let politicians into your life. Cory Booker say, well, hold on. We can't just do name, image, and likeness. We got to look at 
healthcare, long-term healthcare and education opportunities for athletes and enforceable safety standards? Oh, those look like, those seem like easy questions to answer. Good God. Like that's going to take like a decade. We can't even get this. So here you are. I don't know. July one's coming and uh, Congress is, you've confused Congress. (laughs) I mean, it took a generation to let him give him food. Right. So like, yeah. you can only imagine when there's actual money involved, what a just what a just tar pit it's going to be. You know, it's bad when the NCAA stance on amateurism becomes Gene Cady's come over. But that's exactly <laughs> what it has. I mean, it, it's truly that is an apt analogy. It's like we 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 are completely ridiculous, but we don't know exactly how ridiculous we are. Oh, my God. Look how ridiculous we are. We just figured it out. And we are in a corner. And we've got to figure a way out of this now. And so, yeah, that's when you turn to Congress of all places to to, to be your Mr. Fix-It. And they've got 18,000 different ideas about how to fix it. And it's, it's June 9th, and we're like, yeah, July 1st is go time. Like, what? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, of course these guys are all going to grandstand. Health care and educational opportunities for athletes. Like, I don't even know where to tackle that one. <laughs> well, let's just throw that in the mix. What's your stance on transgender athletes? Oh, that's not what we're discussing now. They can make money too. Yeah. That's where I, somebody, yeah, right. Yes, they can. That's where somebody needed to, to tell Ted Cruz he was talking to the Wendy's drive through. You know, it's like you're yeah, at the wrong know, place. Doesn't matter. Dude. This is all they do, right? So yeah. this is where you're at. Now you're like, okay, great. Bipartisan ridiculousness. You're not getting this solved by these people. Who in the world? Who in the world sits there and says, you know what I need in this? I need a bunch of grandstanding politicians helping me out here <laughs> on something we all agree needs to happen. Yeah, we're at such a united time in our country where just everyone's <laughs> rowing the boat in a way P.J. Fleck would enjoy. We'll just go to Congress for a nice, simple, clean solution to, uh, you know, a problem that's really been like a century in the making. And it's been the comb over to use Dan's analogy, they really started the comb over what in the eighties, right? When the money started to really get big and then the coaches salaries went up, then the TV deals went to the billions and they just never thought about siphoning it off a little bit. They couldn't have cream cheese on their bagels, right? (laughs) So of course they're going to go up there and try to keep the status quo because the status quo has been really good for all the adults involved. It just hasn't been good for the players and the kids. If they just had been like, they didn't even have to give them money. They just have to let them make money off their own name, image, and likeness. Like, this should not be that complicated. But the NCAA can take two plus two and turn it into a three-year goodwill hunting equation. And that's basically what this has become. (laughs) And that's the key. They don't have to give them money. They just have to stop. (laughs) Restricting them, them yeah. from other people giving them money. Right. Yeah. This is it. Stop restricting the money. Yeah. We're not asking for your money. And then they go, well, that 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 money could be ours. That's I don't the want thing. that. I, I need to restrict that because maybe I can get that money. That's all this is about. Absolutely. Yes. How many athletic directors, Pete, I know if have you talked to in the last year saying, yeah, that's that's gonna be our booster money that instead of going for signage. Oh at the football stadium is now going to go to the players. Well, darn it. Darn the luck, you know? It's Jeez. called a more efficient marketing and business development. Yeah. It's like, you know, right? It's like they used to have, if you wanted to buy, you wanted to sell a car, you had to buy a little ad in the newspaper and hope somebody soared through it and found, you know, 2006, you know, Honda Accord, good condition, Right. And you, all right, I think I'll buy. It. Like you couldn't. Now, you can sell it online with pictures and all the different stuff. And you, it's it's called an improvement. <laughs> right. You can't look back and go, "Wow, I really wish we had that old classified ads in the newspaper. That was yeah. efficient." <laughs> yeah, that paragon of efficiency, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like this is how the world works. The special teams coach doesn't get the Ford Explorer anymore. The kicker does because he's making yeah. the kicks, right? That, right. That's really yeah. where this is going. And, you know, God bless the special teams coach. He's going to have to buy his own car with his $375,000 a year salary. (laughs) Exactly. You know, like all the rest of us that don't have company cars. Yeah. 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 You did a great story on uh, women's lacrosse. 
and yes. how, again, this is not just a football deal. And there's this massive amounts of money to be made by athletes in their each individual sport, because you could be a star in your sport. You can be the big fish in your small pond or smaller pond. I don't think women's lacrosse is a particularly small pond anymore. So I obviously live in Boston, as our podcast listeners know, and uh, <laughs> was watching the lacrosse title game. Dan and I are, are, are lacrosse people because we're from the Northeast. I went to Syracuse. Dan went to UMass. And I've covered probably 10 lacrosse Final Fours o- over the years between the Daily Orange and other places where I've uh, where I've worked. And so I'm watching Syracuse play BC in the title game. And BC has a transcendent athlete named Charlotte North. And Charlotte North is dominating this game. And I had heard a lot about Charlotte North going into this, but she was as like dynamic of an athlete as I've seen on any NCAA stage in the past couple of years. She was Joe Burrow, right? She was just awesome uh, in this in this title game. She had six goals. She broke the NCAA record for most goals in a season. She later won the Twerton Award for the best women's lacrosse player. And as I'm watching it, my friends have, you know, teenage daughters. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm on Instagram and I look at their Instagram stories are popping up. And they think Charlotte North is Michael Jordan, right? So, you know, obviously it's right down the street. So I go down to BC uh, last week and I talked to Charlotte North and the BC coaches and uh, the athletic director there. And she should be making six figures this summer because if you're – Look, lacrosse is a wealthy, uh, a wealthy sport. I, I don't think that's like overgeneralizing or stereotyping. For the most part, it is played in affluent suburbs. It's certainly played in other areas, but I would say primarily it's an affluent suburb sport. So how many moms and dads would want Charlotte North to give their kids private lessons, to get on a Zoom and give them a pep talk about hard work and athleticism? Like she could be crushing it. And she was a very, very sweet young woman when I uh, when I spoke to her. She didn't mention anything about money. She just said I, you know, I had coaches who inspired me and players who inspired me and listed all the uh, players, including a couple of her uh, coaches at BC, Sam Apuzo and Kayla Trainer. And basically she said, I want to just, you know, help inspire, grow the sport in her native Texas and inspire another generation. So she could be making just buco money. I spoke to her dad. I spoke to the BC athletic director, Pat Kraft, and they, they know like this opportunity that's sitting right at her fingertips and they can't exploit it right now. Their hands are tied. And she has one year. She announced she's coming back for her final year of eligibility. She has she has one year left. And when you are a women's lacrosse player right now, the NCAA stage is the biggest stage in the sport. There are a couple of professional lacrosse leagues. Their reach and the fandom is does not come close to Memorial Day weekend. And so she has a one-year window when arguably she's going to have her peak value, peak eyeballs. Uh, Hopefully the sport evolves and changes and she can go crush it for 10 years. But right now, it's a very small window. And this inertia is not allowing her to take advantage of it. Does Massachusetts have an NIL law that's on the books or going to be on the books? They do not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rabid college state Massachusetts (laughs) does does not. But here's the thing. And I I talked to her dad and and Pat Kraft at BC about this. So could she go to Florida and run a camp? Yeah, good question. Right. I I mean, she's from Texas. Texas and uh, name image likeness law is probably likely to happen uh, before Massachusetts because they care more. Could she go home and, and go to Dallas and Austin and Houston and run three camps? Could she go on Zoom with someone in a different like there's all these different things. And then the question that I posed is, is NCAA enforcement really going to go after Charlotte North (laughs) for running a camp? Like, would they go after Brooke Forty if she came back from Stanford after hopefully a uh, triumphant weekend at the Olympic trials and ran a camp, right? I don't know. God, I hope not. That would, you talk about an ugly look for an organization. If you're going to go after, uh, you're going to go after a a non-revenue athlete for, but you'd uh, have, you'd also have to get past campus compliance first and that can be as sticky a wicket as the ncaa national office they've gone after ucf kickers in their youtube channels in the past i know know? that's a good point sully that's a good point we need a curt flood of name image and likeness (laughs) someone just saying dare i dare you to come after me like i dare you mark emmert i dare you john duncan in enforcement i dare you to come after me while i'm inspiring a generation of young kids Charlotte North could be that person. But again, we we go to this as as uh, I don't know what the solution is going to be. There's another story in the Atlanta Business Journal about a Georgia company that is planning on starting to uh, pay sponsors to Georgia athletes uh, in a number of sports starting on July 1st. They're kind of willing to date. We'll see how that goes. 
But yeah, this is money that is not just football money. It's it's an opportunity for for athletes in all different sports. Uh, and I would think it would help grow college sports in all different ways. If a bunch of private companies, not just giving clinics and things like that, but let's say she has a, a, a you know, a, a stick, you know, some kind of clothing, a deal. Who knows if all of a sudden posters are up around? I mean, if they do a commercial that's on targeted to, to I mean, how, why would this be a bad thing uh, other than, well, we might be able to capture the lacrosse market. I don't I don't know that you don't make more money by having lacrosse get women's lacrosse be a bigger deal than getting this woman's 125 grand she might make next year. Absolutely. So. No, I mean, you want to talk about a growth market. And as you said, I mean, for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, well, athletes from well-to-do families that spend so their kids can go to camps and have private coaches and do all the travel teams. That's the market that you're looking for. Go get it. It's right there. You know, if they're if they're having a big summer age group tournament in in Boston or somewhere else on the eastern seaboard, yeah, have her show up and pay her five grand to talk to the campers or whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the opportunities are are absolutely there. Maybe more people attend games. You look at these. Yeah. I'm watching the softball on ESPN. Oh, I mean, they need a bigger stadium. Yeah. <laughs> 13,000, right. I think, that it holds. Yeah. Yeah. That jammed. thing needs to go to 30. Yeah. It's jammed every night. You know, sell more. It's awesome. They have done a great job with softball. There are softball fans. Build a bigger, you know, like there's. The more you market these sports, and so it's, you know, I think it's too often painted as just a football thing. Um, Pete, were you going to say something? Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting that, uh, so with Charlotte North coming back and BC having won the title, you know, they're going to have one of the more anticipated lacrosse seasons in history next year. Pat Kraft told me that they actually don't charge for tickets. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they play in BC's football stadium, and it's free to, uh, to attend. But if Charlotte North goes to a clinic and wows a bunch of young girls, they're going to go to games. Like, I mean, it's all, that's only going to help. It's going to drive ratings. Like you, when you, when you are around an athlete of that caliber and you've touched them and, and listened to them and been in their presence, you're only going to be more interested and more vested. Ratings are going to go up. All, all the, all those things. These are all things that are going to help each other. If, if you look at uh, Montana Fouts from Alabama, mm. the softball uh, pitcher, yeah. there's been some unbelievable performances there. Can they, exploit that window fantastic name too, montana oh yeah yeah. that's great kentucky girl nice a a fine colorful got a lot of charisma Mm -hmm. um the six years named by the disney channel (laughs) (laughs) those states those schools and states that allow nil are going to have an enormous advantage in the transfer portal and it will threaten the nc's ability to find uniform nil opportunities as well as fair national competition okay this statement the only reason that some schools would have an advantage is because Mark Emmert is standing in the way. Yeah. He doesn't have to enforce the rule. I can solve your unbalanced thing in one freaking second. Stop enforcing the rule. Yeah. Just like men's That's basketball it. enforcement. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Great. He acts like there's, there's something in the way, like, like gravity. It exists in some... <laughs> There is a law of nature. Wait a minute. Georgia's going to have an advantage over Massachusetts schools because we're going to enforce a rule <laughs> on some. No, you stop enforcing the rule. It's uniform. What a concept. I, what a concept. Not a single senator was paying attention to be like, I think your logic's a little off here. You're the cop. Right. Yeah. Tell You're your the cops cop. to go find bigger criminals and leave those criminals alone. Do you remember the old days of uh P you may remember in Massachusetts, I'm sure they did in others, like the the toll booths, the old oh, toll yeah. booths when you really yeah. had to stop and get a ticket and it My slowed everything down. One of those one summer. True story. Woo. Yeah, you, did she siphon off a lot of nickels and no. like I mean there's a lot of <laughs> no money comment, laundering out no of there. Where Wetzel's mind immediately goes to the graft and corrupt. I, I, mean, <laughs> I might have known some people. I might have known some people paying their mortgage in nickels. <laughs> <laughs> But there were times when traffic would be bad or the weather, they would just suspend it. Yeah. Just go through. Like all of it, it's just easier for traffic. Fourth of July Thanksgiving weekend. Week. Yeah. Let it right. Run. It's it's Thanksgiving Wednesday, free road, right? You don't have to be in the toll booth. You just go, ah, right now, we'll, we'll get to it later. So uh, this idea that it cannot be, we cannot stop enforcing our rules. Yes, you can. You do it all the time in the other sports. Yeah. Call Baton Rouge, baby. <laughs> and then Mark, but in, in the NCAA's more likely scenario, 
Emirates says the NCAA has not taken a position on suing states over a state NIL laws. So rather than do the cheap, cost-nothing, simple solution that would take one second, instead, let's spend gazillion dollars filing doomed-to-fail lawsuits against multiple states. That's what. That's how the NCAA does business. Well, that's, let's yeah. sue everybody Completely. and pay some law firm a gazillion dollars because we're trying to save a gazillion dollars. Completely backward logic. And the thing is, you know, at least they they want NIL. So they would be suing to stop laws from happening. That would be the outcome that they want is to be able to, right. for players to be compensated. It's it's mind boggling. It is. So, yes, that's that's the immutable law. You're like rocks cannot fly due to gravity and the NCAA cannot stop enforcing terrible rules. That's that's exactly <laughs> it, it, where we snap are. Snap of a finger. But let's spend millions to yeah. lawyers. So, Dan, I, is this I, I the cannot, basis for your senatorial If I was campaign? at that damn thing today, yeah. I mean, I would have gone bananas. <laughs> Someone send us a thing. Why weren't you guys invited? This is why. <laughs> Senator, <laughs> Senator Wetzel, you have the floor. You can just walk well, off. I mean, you could have dropped my mic like Obama. Come on, Ted Cruz. Come on. <laughs> Enough with that thing. You could have picked this dude apart in two seconds if you just listen to what he says. It's going to be idiotic. Don't worry about the transgender <laughs> athlete. You could have ripped. Say, hey, Mark, why don't you stop enforcing the rule? Uh, we have to enforce it. Why is that? Why is that, Mark? You don't have to enforce the rule. Stop enforcing the rule. Just say, we're until we figure this thing out, uh, Georgia's rule is the is the rule. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right? Every, Just pick a state. And we'll, we'll work on it, and we'll figure this out, and in a couple years, we'll get a more unit. Uh, we're, we're behind. Instead, let's sue everybody and waste money. And grovel before senators who don't like us and make fun of us to our faces. Yeah. Right. And now, guess what? You got Cory Booker trying to set up uh, all sorts of things, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, yes, for what we said a couple weeks ago, all of a sudden, Bernie Sanders is in there. Like, yeah, well, you're the ones who went yeah. to him. Did yep. you guys get the Cory Booker email today? I got the Cory... I, 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 got the Corey, I, I got the Corey I don't think Booker I'm on there. Today. I'm not like, on his press. Yeah. yeah. Corey Booker's people were busy today being like, here we yeah. go. It's like just another, you know, Mark Emmerich, uh, what was what was the line that Ralph Russo used? He called him like a meat shield. They're like, well, I'm just going to go whack at the meat shield today. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> populist. Former delight. college football player. Former yeah. college football player. Yeah. yeah. He Went to Stanford. He's a Stanford, Stanford player. Like, let's get to another favorite topic. College football playoff. Uh, mm -hmm. The recommendations are coming from the working subcommittee or whatever we're calling the group. The subcommittee on jargon management. <laughs> yes. The four person group is uh, is coming in on this. Uh, Pete has reported the 12 team is uh, is where we're leaning. I've heard that also. I prefer eight, but uh, 12 might be the compromise that gets the SEC on board because, you know, what do you think? They'll With their auto bid, they would have. Two at-larges, maybe three every year. So you could have three or four SEC teams and a 12-team playoff. Yep. Um, so you want the SEC on board? What? Uh, what? Tell, tell us the gist of, uh, of what you got, uh, Pete. As you guys know, having lived through, and Dan, you writing a book about uh, the imperfect process of college football postseason, this is, this is maybe not the most desired result, but it's the – Best available compromise is probably the best way to uh, put this. So I started making calls on Monday about this. And basically, the SEC faction does not want less at-large bids. So right now, there's four at-large bids. You go to eight, you only have two or three because there's going to be automatic bids. Now, the Pac-12, et cetera, doesn't want to process with no uh, automatic bids. So in other words, if everyone's going to want to get their baseline hope, then they're going to have to grow even more. And that dovetails into the obstacle that Pat brought up in a, in a column on SI.com on Monday afternoon, which is if you're going to grow that much, now all of a sudden you really got to take a long look at the schedule and player safety. So growth will inherently bring obstacles and problems, but the growth to 12 right now looks like the most likely outcome. Yeah, no, it was great, uh, great work on that and interesting to, to see where it's headed and the reasons why, as you mentioned it. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I don't know how many years ago, guy, like, I mean, like maybe a decade ago, or I can't remember whether I was at Yahoo or whether before that I was at uh, ESPN, but I wrote a column, 12 is the answer. But silly, naive me, I had the idea that all the conferences would get an automatic bid. 
And so you'd have 10 of those and then two uh, at-large bids, and we'd have something approximating the NCAA tournament, where basketball tournament, where all comers get a chance. Ah! <laughs> no, 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 no. The Power Five is never going to let all comers get a chance. So this is their solution. Their strategy is, yeah, we expand the, we expand the playoff, but we expand it for ourselves. We throw them one bone, a milk bone, this big that says G5, best team, you're in. And the G5 has little choice but to say, hey, thanks, because it's better than nothing what they were getting before. So it's still, <laughs> you know, we're keeping, we are creating, we're, to go, we're going from this sack of bones to a bigger sack of bones. We're going to take one out and give it to you little people, and we're keeping the bigger sack of bones. So that's what we're doing here, which, hey, I think 12 would be fun. I, I'd like the concept of, you know, four teams getting buys and the and, and campus games, and then you play quarters, semis, and finals. The thing, my, my problem with it, and I wrote in the column, is you are then asking teams to play, they make the championship game to play 16 or 17 games. And who plays 16 or 17 games? The <laughs> NFL! Yeah! <laughs> Where the players are all millionaires with a union. That's my problem. I uh, The week you take away, and I've written this column for a number of years, is championship weekend. Yes. It is a waste of freaking time. Yep. They probably will not do that. Nope. Well, it's also but big that's money. The weekend. And championship weekend, Dan, under this format, actually becomes way more relevant. Because all the championship games become de facto playoff or play in games into the tournament. Some of them. So, Some of them. Yes. Yes. Well, yes, but F yes. at least five, and then there'll be a sixth or maybe seventh that have some juice because of the debate no. and whatever. So that all gets ratcheted up. What really would end up on the cutting room floor would be Southeast Louisiana in week eight or whatever. Like, that's what you would have to cut out because they they're not no cutting out the be... big money stuff. Like, money I know. dictates I know. all these decisions. Sorry to cut you off, Dan. Go ahead. No, it's true. I 100% agree. agree. Pigs, but pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. And uh, this is what a college, this is how you have yourself standing and groveling to, to the U.S. Senate. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, is it too many games? Sure. But we're not worried about that. <laughs> they sure are. I mean, I mean, the number of games and study for final, I mean, so many disingenuous made up reasons to not support this through the years. May, study for finals was the number one. That was easily <laughs> the number. I mean, come on. Uh, they don't care about that. Now that got blown out of the waters and they're playing, uh, you know, Rutgers is playing Northwestern in the middle of finals in a, in a yeah. regular season game because we got to fill Big Ten network inventory or FS2. <laughs> so it's something. No, I mean, that's the thing is is that they, they, have, they have effectively removed that argument from their own bag of you know why they can't expand because they, they they trampled right through it last year and and one of the the you know I talked to one league official yesterday I can't keep my day straight but I think it was yesterday before I wrote the column yeah and and like it's like so what are the drawbacks and it's like well this 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 and this and so finally I brought up what about playing 17 games oh that too I mean it's like they don't care <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah what safety yeah yeah training yeah. room I, huh? I think I think I used that as, didn't I say, I think one of my good analogies was like when you got kids and you, like when you, or, or, or like an early meeting, or early work meeting, if you're having a, like a lousy time out with like a group and you want to get out of there, oh, I got an early meeting oh, in the yeah. morning, right, things right. are good, right? It's like, yeah, I'll deal with it, you know, or got to get, get the kids home for bed, got to get home bedtime, eh, bedtime's shattered if you're having a good time at some barbecue, nobody can't. That's just a that's a that's a that's an excuse if you want. It's like enforcing the the, the the rules. But let's do this on the 12 team playoff. Here's the good parts that I like. If this is what's going to be, so it's going to be four weeks. It's going it's just just like the NFLs, pretty much. The NFL changed to 14, but uh, it's a four week playoff. Four teams, top four teams, get a bye. Every game matters. I we we went through this in the old book. Like this is how you make every game matter. When you can't lose, it's a big deal. Yes, huge. Top four is huge. You cannot lose that game at the end of the season, Alabama, and just get in. That's why you, the other one, on feet, on site. But let's go to the four. So now we have, okay, let's take the, the four team. Uh, and then home field, which will be tremendous for at least a couple weeks. They should do all three and then just do the final at the Rose Bowl. But they'll, they'll take care of their bowl overlords. I didn't you get know, a sense the gonna, bowls are going to get the boot. I, I got nah. more of a sense that people are sick of the bowls. 
But there, there, and again, there's still a lot of uh, details left to be uh, massaged here. But I, n- nobody gave me the overriding sense that they're going to go full Wetzel on this thing. I heard there, there was excellent attendance at the Fiesta Frolic this year. <laughs> uh, when they stop attending that, then you get nervous. But excellent <laughs> attendance. The whiskey reserves were tested out there in Scottsdale. Uh, no way the Bulls getting. <laughs> My sick of the bulls versus sick enough of the bulls to do something. Definitely two different things. Bulls are going to get their cut. Can't let Charlotte North make a dollar. Give it a clinic to some kids in Natick, Massachusetts. But hey, old buddy at my bowl game. Why don't you host? Uh, Anyway. The John Junker compromise. Yeah. yeah. Home field will be phenomenal. It will be phenomenal. These games are going to be unbelievable it's no longer like a playoff game it's a playoff game (laughs) right these will be the biggest games ever played in these stadiums from drop win or go home season over no no little bowl trip no next week nothing unbelievable environments all the games that are going to be on campus. It's going to be so exciting that they're going to look at the Bulls and go, why again are we doing this with you? All right, the golf. But when they get over that, eventually the Bulls are going to get booted. This is going to be phenomenal. If you live in a college town, unbelievable. You're going to get another another home game, biggest game of the year. I mean, these, these scenes will be incredible. B, the thing I like about, I like eight. I don't want 12, but whatever. There is a much better chance of your group of five upset or your upsets in general when you go to 12. It's a lot easier, if, let's say you're Cincinnati and, and even by the beast, uh, the uh, college playoff system last year that like they, they tried to kill them. They dropped them all the way to nine, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, nine is going to play, what, in this eight? They play eight? Yeah. So you, right, five yep. plays 12, six right. plays yeah. 11, seven. You so who was that. eight? Yeah, so here's... Yeah. Here's what I got this. Who was eight last year? This is this is how good it would be. If it was last year, that would be number nine, Georgia at number eight, Cincinnati at number eight, Cincinnati. Existence for even better, even better. So there's real chances if you just put Cincinnati in as eight and every year send whatever the Cincinnati is to Alabama, they're going to lose 19 out of 20 times. But if you get them a chance to host, let alone, I mean, yeah. Yeah. What and an that, unbelievable game that is. It has nothing oh yeah. to do with whether Georgia or Cincinnati can win the t- championship. It's a oh, great what a game. football game and a, just a great moment. And, and all right, so those two did play in a bowl game last year, right? And it was a really good game. Really right. good game. Went down to the literal last play. Georgia wins on a 50-something yard field goal. But you put that in Nippert Stadium at the side with the G5 team as a home team. Woo! Give me that one, baby. That would just be fantastic. You just don't roll into Nippert Stadium and win a playoff game. Like that, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you don't. Winning any game is going to be huge yeah. for any school. Last year, the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game. They beat Pittsburgh. I've been in Cleveland twice this spring. They're still excited. Winning a playoff game is going to be your Sweet 16 trip, your Elite Eight. Maybe even your final four. For a lot of these schools, we won a playoff game. Huge moment for the program, the alums, the city, recruiting, everything. You create a weekend where tons of unbelievable stuff happens, and then you get to eight. Hard to, I, I can't hate a 12. I prefer eight, but man, that's pretty good. Who yeah. would Iowa State have played, Pat? Iowa State would have played at Florida. That would have been awesome. Uh, Oregon would have played at Kyle Field against Texas A&M. That That's would have been a good fun. game. Cool. Yeah. Winner goes to Notre Dame. Yeah. How about, How about that? that? How about that? One thought on the Bulls here, Dan. The college athletics won't quit the Bulls. So it, this is just a, like a general 30,000-foot thought. So they have Bull Weeks and all this stuff, and they get their grab bags and their swag and all that stuff. For the Bulls to survive, do they have to become name, image, and likeness-like engines? Hey, mm. Orange Bowl, it's two is playing in the Orange Bowl, $10,000 to uh, to go to an autograph signing for kids in fill in the blank, like whatever it is. Like if the Bulls have to evolve and adapt and not just be filled with graft and backslapping, isn't that the most logical way for them to evolve and adapt? 
is, you know, harness those local resources to pay the kids. And I would think if you're going to keep the Bulls in this system, the Bulls have to offer player stipends. Like basically like, well, we're going to put you on a billboard. We're going to do this. We're going to put you on the ticket. We're going to whatever it is. Like the Bulls have to give back. The Bulls have just been taking for years. These Bull directors for one night who make $950,000 a year or whatever. Let's siphon some of that money to the players. It's a great idea. Yeah, I think that's going to be big. I mean, see, the thing with the bulls are going to continue because they're they're on their welfare. They're they're they they exist because they're underwritten by the conferences. They take their money from the playoff and then they subsidize the smaller bulls. And everyone votes for it because every AD, every coach, everyone gets a bonus. I mean, it's an incredible thing. <laughs> you literally create a system where I would lose money doing something for my company, and then I vote, and then that company gives me a bonus for doing it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the bulls. From the yeah. bulls people who do not brought exist. you tens of millions of dollars getting fired every year to and, and paying yeah. you to not work. It, it actually yeah. makes the, a lot of sense. The <laughs> sure. entire bull system is a welfare system. It's not real. They always go, the bull business won't survive. The bull business doesn't survive now. There's nobody in the stands. They have enough people will watch bowl games. Most of them are owned by ESPN because they will watch, more people will watch, including us, the worst bowl game than the best of almost anything else. Like regular season NBA, college basketball for sure, hockey, whatever. And as gambling goes to whatever number of states, even more people are going to watch this thing. So I just think bowls are going to transfer to being like, this is almost like the spring game. Yeah, a lot of seniors are going to bail. Some aren't. Uh, You're not going to have your top talent, but you're going to get to see that kid who is going to be your starter uh, get a chance. Gamblers will gamble and watch. There's still enough money. And as long as the Big Ten and the SEC see value in having a six and six team get an opportunity to be in a bowl, that they are going to underwrite that, the bowls will continue on. Now, the bowls as the semifinal sites just makes no sense at all. But they're they're there. They're 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 enmeshed, they're ingrained, they're they're, they're stopped. But I don't think the I, I do think the Bulls should do more. It's like it's funny because it's like for a long time, they gave them those little trinkets, said, look what we're doing. And now everyone's finally smartened up and go, you under you're, it's insulting. The bowl direct, the guy in the fancy jacket was making a million bucks and, and had jo- the John Junker. He had one point. John Junker's expense account included four country club memberships. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, but you got some pretty sweet earbuds, man. Four, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. John Junker's car allowance was twenty two hundred fifty dollars a month. Nice gig. What car are you rent? Are you leasing for two thousand two hundred fifty a month? Especially ten years ago. So he's getting multiple cars. He had the four country clubs. He had he had an average of like thirteen hundred dollars a day on his Amex. Like these guys are making all this money, and then yeah. Uh, here's your earbuds, son. Thanks for coming. Look how generous we are. Like you, you, you guys, you robbed them. You robbed these kids blind for years. So time to pony up. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it, it is interesting. A lot of some of the bowls for sure have upgraded the swag because, first of all, it's competition with the other bowls. But secondly, I think there was a little bit of shaming there. It's like, you know, yeah, we we, we made our kids stay on campus an extra three weeks and work out so they can go to a bowl game so that they could get a, you know, a fossil belt buckle or something. Now it's, it's a little in, bit. Better. In fairness, the NCAA, of course, put a limit, a oh, cap yeah, well, on sure. it. So actually, maybe these guys would have done more. But of course, the NCAA, well, we don't want them getting too many uh, earbuds or <laughs> whatever they were getting, like Walkmans or, I mean... I hope they were getting Walkmans, Dan. <laughs> Back in Doug the day. Doug Flutie might have got a Walkman at the cottage. Well, that, that, you, how much money they make off of Doug Flutie? <laughs> a lot of money. Still showing that video. Still showing that pass, baby. <laughs> I don't. I think still in commercials. I don't think Doug Flutie gets the money. Doug's done all right, though. Yeah. Uh, that pass has done all right for him. I don't know if Gerard Phelan has quite made as much for catching it. <laughs> it's a great catch. Oh, yeah. Had great to get catch. open. Got open, caught it, falling down, secured the ball, rolled over. Uh, anyway, that's it. But I, I think this, this will be wild. I mean, it, it's going to be a, it's a different race for the playoff. It's more about seating. It gets people in. It's about that first weekend. But man, the the playoff month will be 
just uh, just incredible. What about, okay, so I wrote my column about it. Pete wrote his story and everything. I mean, I heard immediately from the people, this will ruin the regular season. This isn't going to ruin the regular season, is it? Right now, most teams don't think they have a chance. Right, exactly. Wait, Your occasional LSU-Alabama game will not matter quite as much, or won't matter as much, because Alabama could still get in. But LSU would have home field, and Alabama wouldn't. Right. So there's something. So we will lose something. Yeah, but but, but that it's not going to ruin the regular season. It, I mean, to to I think Pete just said that. I mean, as it is now, you and I, when when all of us are writing as the season goes along, by November first, we are shrinking it down. We're saying, okay, these are the only eight teams that matter. You're no longer saying that. Okay, there's more teams that are at least in the mix for a playoff spot, and just to be in the mix will be exciting. It's one that. That's why there's Dan's favorite thing, bubble watch in the NCAA tournament, oh, where God. you got <laughs> 75 teams that are in the mix for a long time. So people are into that. Same thing here. The top 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 teams are going to all be, you know, trying to get there at the end of the season. I think there's going to be a lot of interest for them. Yeah. Can you qualify for the conference title game, which then gives you the chance to get the automatic bid? I mean, right. look, if you're three and eight, if you suck, you suck. Right. Like, yeah, it, right. Right. I mean, it, it is what it is. But more teams will be alive later. I mean, think about it this way. More games Te matter. Texas would have been in the mix until Thanksgiving weekend this year. And they were like a mediocre team that fired their coach. They lose mm -hmm. to Iowa State by, by a field goal on Thanksgiving weekend. And then they're eliminated. And that was like a pedestrian, unranked Texas team. So that that gives you like a little gauge of the engagement. I think we should start a t-shirt line, by the way, with some of our some of our aphorisms here. And I think I like Pete's line there. If you suck, you suck. <laughs> Yahoo Sports College <laughs> Podcast. So I'd, I'd, I'd wear that shirt. Phrase to live by. Uh, yeah. all right. Pac 12 Commissioner Larry Scott, who solved none of these problems during his tenure. You resisted that easy uh, transition, sure. Dan. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> exit interview with the New York Times, defended his TV deal. I'm very bullish on the value of college sports rights, especially for the Pac-12, because it owns all of its rights. It never partnered with uh, Fox or ESPN or anybody in creating the Pac-12 network. Uh, he does admit that uh, what was once the biggest TV contract in 2012 is no longer uh, looking so good, but they get to re-go in 2024. So, you know, he's saying it wasn't that bad, uh, whatever. Uh, he did have this, too, which is uh, Sully got uh, pointed out. He blamed other schools on the way out. USC, Oregon, Stanford, Washington not getting to the playoffs more often or winning has very little to do with the conference office. Our traditional powerhouses have struggled the last few years, and that's hurt the league overall. Tough blow there for Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA. <laughs> even get, don't even get it mentioned as a possibility. <laughs> I actually think he's correct. The biggest thing that's it's not Larry Commission Larry Scott's uh, job to to for USC to get their coaching situation sorted out or stop losing uh, kids in LA to uh, Clemson and Alabama, but there isn't much. There's just not that much you can do. But it is shows the fragility of the Pac-12 as a football power. Is everything's kind of got to go right? But when it's going right, your your Pete Carroll's USC and everyone sits around and goes, how will they ever not be great? Uh, you know, it's, it's like when Pete Carroll had it rolling, it was like, this is an unstoppable juggernaut. They're getting 15 great players from Southern California, 18, whatever. And they go around and get six, seven more kids around the country who want to live in Los Angeles and play on a great team. How are they not good? And and that's been the number one problem uh, to me is, is USC football. It's a little bit on when the Big 12 is not doing well. It's often Texas isn't doing well. If Texas and Oklahoma are doing their job. Everything's going good, right? Why is, why is the Big Ten presumably doing well? Because Iowa State's taking care of business. So a lot of it does go to that. I, I didn't think that was too bad. I don't know. Any other thoughts on, on the Larry Scott exit interview? This is what got me on, on this. He did one with the New York Times. He did one with uh, our friend Ralph Russo from the, uh, from the AP. And two Ralph two name him, drops for Ralph. Yeah, this, I know. Ralph's having a big pod, day on yeah. the pod here. Um, yeah. yeah, good job, Ralph. He asked, was the Pac-12's decision to go at it alone in the conference network a mistake? And 
Larry Scott said, long term, I think it will prove to have been a great decision for the league that will be coming down in 2024. Now, Larry Scott has made $50 million as the commissioner of the Pac-12. And this is just a clear mistake at this point. There's not a single human with a brain cell who thinks in retrospect that was a good idea. But here's Larry Scott going out at the end. He's like blind drunk in Vegas pushing all his chips on the black deck table and saying, I'm going to double down on 18. Like, I have a terrible idea. It's been a terrible idea. And I'm going to go out still trying to convince you that it's a great idea. And I was just disappointed in that. That's disingenuous. 100% disingenuous. If it's not disingenuous, then he's an idiot. And I don't think he's an idiot. So it's completely disingenuous. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible decision. They butchered the Pac-12 network situation. They totally blew distribution. They went for years and years and years where it was almost impossible to watch many of their games, which you want to talk about one reason why kids are willing to leave the West Coast or kids are less willing to go from Brian Cushing from New Jersey to USC? Ah, who's going to can, can can my parents watch the games? No, no, they can't because nobody could see the Pac-12 network for a long time. So the, the, the Pac-12 network <clears throat> hurt visibility, and I think it probably played a factor, a little bit of a factor, at least in recruiting. I don't think you can just say, just chalk it up completely to, you know, well, the school's underperformed. The conference office helped them underperform. And Pat, how much did you struggle with having to watch Stanford swimming on the Pac-12 network personally? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, I, I don't want to hijack the pod with, with, with a just blazing screed on that, but. I, I think my how much problem was their failure, this, and how much is your own technological shortfall? Was it at least a combination? No, no. I in this one, in this rare instance, this was not me being a techno idiot. This was the Pac-12 network sucking. Yeah. The forties would pay like a thousand dollars a month for the Pac-12 network, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have paid whatever I needed to pay. I got Sling TV because that was the only way I could see the Pac-12 network on at some points in time. So, yeah, I, I paid for that. I'm still paying for that, as a matter of fact, for eh, nine more months until whenever my kid hangs up her suit. So, uh, Well, I thought it was classic Larry Scott to blame everybody, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's not that bad. It's all everyone else's fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is an incident. We, I know we have a lot of listeners down in Florida, uh, particularly Ocala. Uh, mm. I hope none of them were subjected to this ish incident. Or maybe, maybe they wanted to be. As, as incidents go, this could not be that bad. <laughs> uh, photos captured, according to the Daily Mail, photos captured uh, the moment a naked woman destroyed a bar in Florida. Before <laughs> not any came bar. in an Outback Steakhouse, Dan. Get the, we got. I'm getting yeah. to it. I'm getting to it. <laughs> Sully's very excited about the naked woman <laughs> at the bar. I'm just feeling I bad mean, for the poor guy in the back trying to eat a blooming onion for probably the first time in a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, take it up with the Daily Mail because I'm reading them. Photo. Okay. Uh, then police came and shot her with a stun gun before taking her into custody. Uh, Tina Kindred, 53. Uh, was acting out of control, according to reports from the local sheriff's office. I would say so. Uh, she's seen standing naked on top of the bar. Uh, she's at an Outback Steakhouse location, though she also had an incident at the Mo Mojo Grill the same day. This is a serial wow. uh, naked <laughs> bottle smasher. <laughs> she trashes the bar, pulling each bottle down one by one and smashing them on the ground. Then she threw the uh, bottles at the officers. Uh, she emerges out of the bar, begins to approach an officer. When she gets too close, the officer deploys a taser, knocking her to the ground. Uh, earlier, she threw at least three bottles at officers and she got in another customer's car, drove it around recklessly. I mean, my goodness, this, uh, this woman's very lucky they only used a taser on her. So the incident that's the, the, the part that I find very in interesting, uh, besides that it was an Outback Steakhouse. I mean, you know, what the hell? How do you get that mad at the Outback Steakhouse? Shouldn't you at least... Enjoy she, your meal. She lived up to their old saying, no rules, just right. She was certainly, <laughs> she was on the no rules side of things. Yeah, she said uh, she was, she targeted the Mojo Grill because she felt the owner was dishonest. Uh, and then she was and denied service while entering the restaurant while she was naked. And then she did claim to go into Outback with the intention of trashing that too, although she didn't seem to have a, a motive. Uh, the most intriguing part of this to me is uh, they tested her for drugs and alcohol and she came up clean. That 
blows my mind. <laughs> oh, like, <what>? no. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't understand. Like, if you're going to just, you know, march around naked in Ocala, Florida, you just I'm thinking meth. I mean, this is a this is this is meth city. Come on. But wow. How about that? That's that's surprising. Goodness. That was like a diversion. Like they sent her to the outback to get all the cops in Ocala. So somebody else could rob a bank. Right. Like, why else would you do that sober? I don't I don't get it. Um, Only a five thousand dollar bond. Like this woman is crazy. That's it. Five thousand dollars. I would want her locked up for a lot longer than that or you know, more money than that for sure. Holy moly. And that's, I mean, did you she see was, the video? I mean, she was, she was throwing she was those pissed. bottles like choo, 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 choo. I mean, it was, it was some impressive work. I have to say like in terms of property <laughs> damage and destruction. That would be yeah. I think she, yes, oh, yeah. Put on the no, bar. She had some, I thought she had some sandals. <clears throat> did she? Maybe yeah, so. I don't know. Like, I never. I didn't quite get down that far in watching the well, video. So. I am looking very closely at the picture <laughs> for odd <laughs> purposes only. <laughs> it's blurred out. It's blurred out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Kind of crazy. Dan's gonna get a call uh, from HR this afternoon. No. <laughs> it's blurred out. DailyMail.com. That's what do you it. Want? Uh, all right. If you get that pissed at the at Outback, the di- dishonest manager. I oh, like Outback. Like, I feel like when you're on the road in like a small town, like Outback's a oh, very safe sucks. place to go. It's a good place. That's, get a good meal. You know what? Oca- Ocala, big horse horse breeding area. There's probably a lot of your mid-level sort of horse breeder types that are hanging out at that at the uh, Ocala oh, yeah. Outback. What has this woman got against Outback, man? I like it. It's not good. All right. Last uh, last one. Uh, we talked about the, you know, we do a lot of animal things, but uh this is uh, this is in Rhode Island. Uh, a donkey got on the loose in uh, Johnstown, Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was first reported at 8:30. Uh, a motorist saw the donkey trotting down the street as cars was pie. Uh, the issue is really not. No one has reported a missing donkey, which alone is a little <laughs> wet way. Is there a think, hotline uh, for that? How many people have? You have too many donkeys. You don't know if you lost one. But here's the issue. Because Johnstown is turning into like the Bermuda Triangle or something. Uh-oh. Last year, a 1,500-pound steer escaped on its way to a slaughterhouse in Johnston. Uh. And three years ago, three wild turkeys got loose and intimidated drivers in the town. <laughs> it's actually Pete, okay. We need, you to, we need you to get down to Johnstown and get a report. We need a report. What is happening? <laughs> Man on the street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, a donkey, a steer, and three wild turkeys. Like, what is? This part Sounds of like joke. a bad joke. Like they all walked into a bar, like a priest and a rabbi or something. Yeah, I think it sounds completely coordinated and premeditated, and we have we have the beginnings of a plot. There's no Catch doubt about me. it. Catch me hanging out in Johnstown. I'll go. I'll go to the Outback in Ocala before I go to this joint. <laughs> Don't go barefoot. Don't go barefoot. All right, we'll be back next week with more. Appreciate you guys dealing with our only one this week. But look, at we had much more like actual content to work with. So <laughs> win-win. Didn't have to do too many donkey stories. Talk to you then. Have a good week.